This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And a good morning to you, Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, just shoveling along here this morning. <laughs> Heavens knows what I'll be shoveling. Well, you can imagine. Uh, but anyway, if it's you, we know. Yep. Yes, we do. Well, the fertilizer never hurts. Any, <laughs> anyway, Charlie, I, we were sitting here, and you, you had uh, brought up on our little monitor... The forecast for mm-hmm. the next couple of this weeks. This is the weekend. Yes. The in... magical 2-4 weekend where we get into the gardens and start planting. And I thought uh, my girl Cheryl has got a whole bunch of plants that she is set to put in. But mm-hmm. she says because she's in the New Market Aurora area, yeah. she's not safe until about the first week in June really right. to do that. Right. And what's interesting, I mean, it's a very good question. And if you look at this long-term forecast, it's yeah. the next two weeks. We are in consistent double digits yeah. day and night looking at the, the long-term two-week forecast. That bodes very well for doing any planting. I mean, we're not even close to frost temperatures. Like I said, double digits. However, uh-huh. the holding back part in the case of you know that New Market Aurora area is a good one because it has been very cold and the soil is still very, very cold. You will not plants will not die going into cold soil, but it will slow them down. It will right. just bring them to an abrupt halt. And in the case of some vegetables, it will have big impact on their going forward flowering and fruiting. Peppers is a good example. You put green peppers or any of the peppers into cold soil, Uh plant them up too early, and you will have a nice green plant all summer. No peppers. No flowers. They just do not like their roots getting that cold. So better to wait okay. if you know, or test the soil. Stick your little bare elbow into the, you know, down a couple inches into the soil and feel it. And if it's cold oh, on your elbow, I can see d- I'm going to be the thermometer. Yeah, don't, just, don't plant yet. I just know it. Okay, let me get you the phone number so you can call and ask your question of Charlie four one six three six zero zero seven forty. And then anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Our little mantra is call early, call often, one question per call. And if you are a first-time caller, let Sebastian know you like the haircut, Sebastian. Woo, very smooth, my man. Insurance okay. salesman. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Uh, you tell him you're a first-time caller, and when you get to the air, that's what you're going to hear, a little bell welcoming you. Notes. Uh, you have notes as per usual, as is your won't. My won't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Coming up, the Hamilton and Burlington Rose Society will be meeting on Sunday, May 29th, which I guess would be a week tomorrow, at 2 p.m. at the Royal Botanical Garden Centre, located at 680 Plains Road West in Burlington, Ontario. The meeting room is numbers 3 and 4. President Marie Decker and Secretary Elizabeth Schleicher are leading 
Floral Design Demo and Rose Show Tips for Exhibitors. This is the meeting you don't want to miss if you've always wondered how to exhibit your beautiful roses. Everyone is welcome to attend, and for more information, send an email to hbrosesociety at simpatico.ca. Uh, Another upcoming event, the Applewood Garden Club is holding its annual plant sale on Saturday, June the 4th, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. in the parking lot at St. Luke's Church, 1513 Dixie Road South in Mississauga, just right across from the entrance to the Dixie Value Mall. Special features, Mississauga Master Gardener's Advice Clinic, original metal garden sculptures by George Christou, and free Peel Region compost. Ooh, can't go wrong. Bring your own containers. And I can tell you that Liz Primo, that famous, wonderful gardener that she is, will be contributing her own homegrown tomatoes and basil to the sale. Also coming up, Sunday, June 5th, the Greater Toronto Water Garden and Hort Society will hold their plant sale from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Banbury Community Centre, 120 Banbury Road in North York, which is located on the southwest quadrant of Leslie and York Mills. What, this for Anybody who's got, you surely has got a big pond, yeah. water lilies, marginals, so those are the plants that you um, plant right along the edges of ponds, uh-huh. oxygenators, so plants that help bring oxygen into the water so yeah. fish will thrive, bamboos, and perennials. Water gardeners will be available on hand to answer your questions on water gardens. There is a website, www.onwatergarden.com, for more info. There you go. Okay. Without hold, uh, things for the moment. All right. Any further, we'll we'll slide in as we go along here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio, broadcasting live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. We've got a line full of uh, questions coming up, Charlie. So we'll we'll get you uh, to work in just a couple of moments (laughs) after these words. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And Charlie Dobbin is right beside me here in the studio as we welcome John from Oshawa. Good morning, John. Hello, John. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, What is it that... uh Eats the uh, leaves on the uh, lily bulbs. Ah, that's the nasty uh, lily leaf beetle. Ooh, sounds nasty indeed. It is. <laughs> they do. They do decimate lilies. So you'll see it. It's once it's an adult beetle, you will see it. It's red, bright, bright red on its yeah, back. Yeah, it looks like a ladybug. It does, except it's a more elongated insect rather than a round mm-hmm. ladybug. So that's what's doing the damage, and they will eat not only the leaves but also the flowers. So your job is to get out there and squish them. Oh, fun and game. Because <laughs> there's is no. There, uh, um, um, we used to ha- used to use it on potatoes. Uh, King bug killer. Yeah, no longer available. Well, I still have some. Oh, don't say that too loud. (laughs) (laughs) Where did I say you were calling from? It's Ottawa, wasn't it? Yeah. (laughs) No, Oshawa. (laughs) Oshawa, exactly. Uh, So, yes, if you still have some, you guess you can use it till it's gone, but you won't be able to get any more. No, I know. Yeah. Uh, you mind asking me another question? Whoops, I'm sorry, uh, John. You're, you're, you're John, hold, John, hold on there. Remember uh, we, the we, mantra. The mantra is one question per call. So as soon as you hang up, call back again. You can get back in, okay? Well, I just wanted to know what nationality is. 
What nationality? The what? The uh, insect? Sebastian. Oh, Sebastian. Oh, I don't know. Uh, it sounds like a really unusual name. Oh, uh, it's a sweet name. Dutch Irish. Is it there? Oh, Dutch Irish. Yeah. Oh, how, oh how about okay. That? Thanks very much. Okay. <laughs> well, we're going to make a star out of that Sebastian. Uh, you know, sooner or later. You One betcha. way or the other. <laughs> All righty. Oh, hey, this is a first-time caller out in Mississauga. Oh. Monica, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you very much, Hi uh, there. Charlie and Frank. Um, I'm having trouble with my hydrangeas. Mm-hmm. I've had these um, Annabelle hydrangeas for many years, and I have so many of them, mm-hmm. and uh, and they bloom lovely. And this year, I noticed uh, the top leaves they're closing in, and when I open them, there's a tiny little caterpillar in there, uh-huh. and I have many of them, like. All the new growth, yeah. they all have these um, caterpillars. Okay, so uh, you know what? If you have so many, I would get out my pruners. I'd go out into the garden and just prune the tips out okay. of all the hydrangeas, but carry a bag with you and whatever you trim off, put it in the bag, uh, tie a knot, and put it in the garbage. Yeah, well, I thought so, but I, I just was. So, will that affect the blooms then? No, because we're early enough in the season that the buds haven't formed. Okay. So, you're fine. Um, you end up with a bushier plant than you expect, but there's nothing wrong with that because Annabelle's tend to be tall and floppy anyway. Yeah, so, this will shorten them a little bit. Yes. And the uh, and, uh, best way to get rid of the bugs is just cut them right out. Thank you so much. Charlie. Okay. Okay, thank you for yeah. joining us, Monica. It's funny. Don't it's funny, Monica mentioned that because you know I was sitting. Uh, it's kind of getting dark, but I was sitting at my front door and I glanced over at my. Uh, it's not an Annabelle hydrangea. It's called an Incredible, which is same mm-hmm. idea. It's just got bigger flowers. Exact same thing is happening to my hydrangeas. I could see the tips were all they're they're being stitched together. The leaves are huh. should be flat. They're being curled in and then stitched by this little insect. You know, with really? webbing. Little devil. And I know. And I thought, oh, I remember this. And so yeah. I was going to go over and peel it open, but it was getting so dark, I just left it. But I only have the one plant, so I can I can peel them open and and you know kill. Okay. <laughs> well, let's peel off down the highway here. Well, Actually, just around the corner. Elizabeth, welcome to the show from Toronto. Hi, Elizabeth. Good morning. Good morning. Um, thank you for taking the call. Um, I don't have hydrangeas, but I do have a perennial garden. Mm-hmm. My question is, uh, what perennials do I cut back this time of year so that they don't grow so tall? I, I Remember you said flocks and mums. That's true. Phlox mums. The other one was sedum. Okay. Right, the tall sedum, not the ground cover sedum. And um, those are the only ones I can cut back. I can't cut back. Um, I don't know. Whatever I've got. <laughs> well, spring flowering, like peonies, for example. Yeah. You wouldn't cut them back because they've got buds on them now. You'd be yes. cutting the buds off. Mm-hmm. So anything that's early spring flowering, we wouldn't do any cutting back. It's the ones that tend to be the late summer or fall flowering plants that it does make sense to cut them almost to half their size. But I wouldn't do it just yet. I would wait another couple of weeks. And then, uh, yeah, it's usually, and we are a bit behind this year because of the, you know, long, cool spring. But typically it's early to mid-June that we will cut back the mums, we will cut back the sedum. uh, And that way they will be shorter, they will be more compact, they'll have ultimately more flowering heads when it comes to flowering. 
Marvelous. Okay. okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. As we say goodbye to Elizabeth, Monica, and John there, uh, it leaves a couple of lines open. So you want to jump in and uh, join in the fun here on the Garden Show and from Zoomer Radio. Here are the numbers once again, 416-360-0740 in Toronto. And then anywhere else in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-740. Four seven forty. We'll be along to talk to another first-time caller from Etobicoke, as a matter of fact, in just a moment. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the old sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor. Oh, you're not old. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Ooh, I like that. Hey, Julie in Etobicoke, welcome first-time caller. You have your wings. Yeah, so good morning, Charlie. Good morning. I would like to ask you about sweet autumn clematis. Yes. I would like to plant them, but I read that they are very invasive, and then you will have them all over the garden, and even all your neighbors will have it. Oh, um, is that true, or no, can you? No, that is that is not true in the Toronto area. <laughs> it might be true if you lived in South Carolina or someplace where it was a much milder temperatures. But no, sweet autumn clematis is a lovely. It is vigorous, but it certainly isn't going to take over and climb all over your neighbor's house. And oh, it I does so. smell lovely. So if I plant it in one spot, I'll have mm. it there. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't seed itself. It's a, it doesn't do anything in terms of invading. It it will grow, and it will be beautiful, and it'll have lovely white flowers in the fall, but it is not a problem. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> a big sigh of relief there. Yeah, it's lovely. It's a very nice clematis. Well, great of you to join us here on the Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Uh, welcome to Shelley from St. Catharines. Hi, Shelley. Good morning. Good morning. How are you this beautiful, cloudy day? Uh, I'm actually kind of glad it's cloudy. I forgot my sunglasses at home. <laughs> I know. It's, it's good for working in the garden. It's yeah. not quite hot. Perfect. Uh, my question today, Charlie, has to do with my, my jade plant. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I think it's, well, it's pot-bound. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two really big branches on it, and when some leaves fell off, I stuck them back in the soil, mm-hmm. and... And now I have lots of little baby jade starting. Yeah. Now, when I transplant this, do I take the whole thing and transplant it into a bigger pot? I, or can I separate some of these smaller ones? Yeah, that's what I would do. I think you'd find it to be hard to keep them all together uh, when you are doing that. So I, I would transplant it, separating out the little guys and giving them their own little pots. Okay. And remember, do go into small pots with small plants. Sometimes we think, oh, I'll just put it in a big pot because it's going to grow into it kind of thing. Yeah. It, it doesn't work. Plants go into complete shock if they are too small of a plant in a monster pot. So you've got to give them a little pot, give them a year or two in that little pot, and then move it up to, to a two inches bigger pot, you know, and then a couple of years in that pot as well. Um, and the, you mentioned two branches. Remember, you can always prune back a jade plant. That will, oh. um, and whatever tips you prune off, of course, you can easily root and start more little plants from. Um, and so, yeah, just if, if it's getting a bit unwieldy in terms of its shape, because jades have a tendency to not be very well um, balanced. They kind of grow in directions we don't want them to grow. So don't hesitate to give a little pruning to that plant if you are transplanting. Okay, so if I take all these babies mm-hmm. out of it, mm-hmm. but I leave the, shall we say, the mother plant, mm-hmm. 
in that same pot then and not bother to transplant it? Well, if roots are growing out of the drainage holes of that mother plant from that pot that it's in, I would would take it up a size. Okay. Yeah, because, and it's probably been in there for a number of years anyway. So the soil, the soil does get depleted of nutrients. So it's always a good idea every couple of years to, to move into some fresh soil. Fresh okay, even if you soil. keep it in the same pot. Yeah, though, honestly, once we see roots growing out the bottom, we know we're getting root-bound, and it's a good idea to go up a step. Right, right. Okay. Excellent. Thank good. you so very much. You're very welcome. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks for your Shelley. call. Indeed. And, uh, pardon me, here we are on a, uh, you're right, I'm just looking out the window here from the Zoomerplex, and it is cloudy. It is nice. It's perfect gardening weather. Good stuff. Let's get, <laughs> let's get Bonnie to work out in Burlington. Hey, Bonnie, good morning. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. I have a concrete Chinese lantern, and I'm trying to grow moss on the lid. Mm -hmm. Now, late fall, I was given some moss, and I've tried an emulsion of uh, yogurt and the moss, another with beer, and, you know, trying to put it on there just Mm -hmm. as is, using hairnets to hold it in place. (laughs) But right now... What some gardeners will do, eh, Frank? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But right now, I'm just... It's not looking too great, and I just and I need to add more moss to it, you know, to fill out the rest of the lid. Mm-hmm. Is there a trick? Huh. It's a good question. Um, it's very hard to to speed up moss growth and make something that's quite new look old. Because uh, I know I've tried it, you know, where you do that, the moss in the blender with the yogurt and you get this green paste and then you get a brush and you brush it all on. You hope that some of the little spores will see. Basically, you can't just hair net it on or glue it on. It's got to grow naturally on that concrete surface. Yeah. Well, I was adding <clears throat> big pieces, like real pieces mm-hmm. of moss. Yeah, no, it sounds yeah, like it. Yeah. So, I mean... Yeah, what I've done, including that brush-on idea, is you've got to be a little bit patient. So you, it, it will take a number of years for that moss to really grow on the concrete. Um, but, but if you want to do like you're doing, you know, big swaths of moss, then your best bet is the maybe a little bit of glue gun and oh. hair net and it will hold on but will it actually grow there yeah. i'm not sure because when i've had success it has taken years and it's because the moss starts to grow out of little cracks and crannies and it's okay. because i did paint it on with the yogurt and the moss emulsion okay good stuff okay i'll give that down glue a try okay let <laughs> us know how that works send will pictures do. thank you <laughs> thanks thank you very much uh we're going to take a call from new york kenmore new york the reason I'm kind of jumping you to the head of the line because you're paying the shot here. Normally, folks get through free. So let's go to line one and have a word here with Catherine from Kenmore, New York. Hi, Catherine. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Good morning to both of you. I was wondering if you could use coffee grounds, whether they're uh, older or used, mm-hmm. as a potting soil. Not straight, No. Coffee grounds are an amazingly great amendment to our soil, but to try and plant into just coffee grounds, I think you would find the plant would not be happy. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded oh. terribly disappointed there. Um, no, I, 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 I could be wrong. There could be the odd plant that would be perfectly happy growing in coffee grounds. I've never tried 
ever growing anything in just coffee grounds, but yes, I definitely use it to, in my homemade compost, and I would certainly consider mixing some in, whether certainly the ground soil is easy. Potting soil, yes, you could mix some in, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't try and just use potting soil as my soil base. Or sorry, wow. uh, coffee grounds, yeah. Why did you plant? I think plant? it would be kind of strong. Yeah, um, I think it might be a bit a little too intense. Did you plant something up into coffee grounds? No, I was trying to reuse it. Yeah. Well, and I know Starbucks puts bags, out, you know, mm-hmm. out, they go through lots and lots of coffee, and they just have it in baskets free, take it home, do whatever you want with it, um, you know, used coffee grounds. And people do. Like, they make, they walk the streets, going to all the Starbucks, picking up the coffee grounds, yeah, yeah. taking them home, and then sprinkling reason, them into the garden or sprinkling them into the compost. Reason being, because I'm in an apartment and we can't grow too much things. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Do you okay. have a balcony? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Well, you know, in the window, but just get a hold of a little bag of, of potting soil and then consider, you know, mixing some coffee grounds into the potting soil. But, yeah, I wouldn't go too big on that. Thank nope. you so much. Thanks, right. Catherine. Thank you. Thank you very much, Catherine, and uh, welcome back anytime here on Zoomer Radio. In Fenland Falls, beautiful little part of the country, isn't it? Mm. Um, I used to have a cottage up there, as a matter of fact. Sheila on the line right now. Good morning, Sheila. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Um, I have a plant that is indoors all year round. I've moved it out for the summer. It's about six feet tall. I call it my banana plant or my tea tree plant. I don't know what it's called. It has long leaves on it, mm-hmm. and it, it grows from a stalk that's probably, well, I can't quite get my hand, my finger and thumb around it. I have two in a pot, mm. and... Um, it has a bloom that comes on it every once in a while, filled with sap. Sweet, sweet, almost sickeningly sweet. Hmm. Um, what should I do with the thing? <laughs> Give it away? <laughs> because it's going to be too tall for the, for the ceiling when I move it back right. in in the fall. I know. that We've had this question before. So it's always like, should I cut the plant down or should I just raise the ceiling? Yeah. It's about 15 <laughs> years old. Yeah. Um, you know what I would do? Maybe in in the town of Fenland Falls, the library, the community center, maybe somewhere there's a big enough, high enough ceiling. Mm-hmm. In my that, apartment building. <laughs> yeah, or even the lobby of the apartment building right. where you could donate it to, you know, the beautification of a space where it could be happy, getting the same kind of light that you, and care that you've been giving it, but just allowing it to continue to grow. Um, Good idea. Because uh, otherwise, yeah, it's a bit hard to... Sometimes, you know, we can take the top off of plants and keep the top and toss the bottom and thereby right. lower the, the, height, the height of it. But not knowing exactly what the plant is, it's a bit hard to to know for sure whether you could do that and get roots off of a big trunk like that is not always easy. So, um, yeah, look, I'd, I'd look around for a place to donate it. Okay. Okay. And, and with, uh, if I may, uh, Shirley, uh, Sheila. Uh, Sheila, pardon Sheila. me, yes. Um, with Fenland Falls in mind and the locks in there, Charlie brought up a good point just as we we're uh, waiting to come on the air again uh, <laughs> about uh, the sesquicentennial, which is coming up next year. They're going to be having a whole bunch of uh, free things. Yeah, uh, I heard on the radio that. Um, free locking. Uh, yeah, there'll be no thing. lockage fees apparently in 2017, and they're going to be, f- uh, the federal parks are going to yeah, be free. Yeah. But moorage fees will continue. So they're really trying to um, put out a whole bunch of freebies to the Canadians and, and the tourists to utilize some of our beautiful natural spaces. Severn Waterway, just beautiful. Yeah. Thank you uh, for Lucky joining you us. you getting to yeah. live there. It's a really pretty place. <laughs> yeah. I, 
I'll, I'll never thank you. thank you. Three, yep. three, uh, what was it? Three men on a boat, or three boats? Uh, what the heck was it called? There was a, you rented these houseboats, uh, and one guy rented like three of them. It was a university crowd, uh-huh. and well, there was a lot of drinking going on, of and course. coming into the lock, he got it turned sideways and actually jammed it in the lock. <laughs> oh. Not happy. They were not happy with no, that guy. I'm, everybody no. behind him yeah, was not that's, happy. That's right. Well, <laughs> let's uh, let's travel up to formerly, uh, I believe, tobacco country up there in Tilsonburg. Mm-hmm. Warner, good morning and welcome to the show. Hello, good morning. Good Frank morning. Charlie. I have a problem with my uh, cucumbers. You do? You have a problem now? Uh, with the little plants that I put in? Yeah. Something eats it. Hmm. I, I, I bl- replanted three times. Oh, really? And I put a cage around it. Good, yeah. And still, they so, must have climbed up the side. I put a top on it. Mm-hmm. They still got in there. And so, there's, I can't see how they get in. So are they chewing the leaves or are they cutting the stems? No, they, they, they eat the whole thing. Oh, the whole thing just disappears? Disappears. Well, um, now cucumbers with the cool weather we've had, there has been a, a fair amount of frost damage to the cucumbers. Is it possible that you lost any of them due to the cold? No, no. All three of them, I got them from the nursery uh-huh. and replanted. Huh. Now I don't know. Is it a chipmunk? Yeah, who? that can climb in there or get in somehow. <laughs> acrobatic chipmunk going on here. <laughs> Come on. I yeah, I can't imagine. And just your cucumbers. Do you have other things planted? Yeah, I have other things planted. They didn't do nothing, and and I bought uh, a watermelon, uh-huh. and I put it uh, under the deck. They ate that too. So we're to laugh, but still, you've got some ravaged cucurbit-loving something out there <laughs> that's uh, just chewing things down. Um, you know, it's like groundhogs will chew the tops off of flowers. And yeah. I've even had the squirrels, nasty little pests in my backyard, just taking the, the tulip flowers off. You know, they just bite the, the flower and then they yeah. throw it off to the side. It's, it's, so there you got these green, destruction. Yeah, yeah. green stems sticking up with nothing on top of the stem. And then there's the poor little flower on the ground. So, you know, I'm wondering if it could be something like a groundhog or a squirrel or, you know, one of the little rodents yeah. who's just... Maybe a chipmunk, eh? Yeah. Exactly, could be. So keep up your protection techniques. Um, you know, there's that gauze. Uh, that, uh, could, I, could I put some cayenne pepper on it? Yeah, you could try. That might just teach them a lesson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll hear them sneeze at night. That's right. <laughs> Sneezing fit, and then you can put on well, your I searchlight. You, I replanted three times. No, oh, that's frustrating. This morning I go out. Gone. And so, yeah, so, but I would try and keep up a protection technique, like whatever kind of caging you need to do. Uh, even overnight, a, a glass jar over, mm-hmm. don't leave that on during the day, but yeah. overnight you could certainly like a cloche over top of the plants. And okay. nobody's going to chew through a glass jar. <laughs> oh, I have a big wine pail I'm going to put on next time. There you well, go. there you go. All right. <laughs> let, let us know how that works out. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, as we say goodbye to Warner, we We've got a couple of lines open, as a matter of fact, so let me give the phone numbers one more time here, Charlie. 416-360-0740. That's in the Toronto area. And then anywhere in the province of Ontario, one 866 740 
7.40. And uh, with that in mind, we better uh, take a little bit of a break here and uh, come back and have a word with uh, Carol and Barry right here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And as promised, let's take a little trip up to Barry and say hi to Carol. Good morning, Carol. Welcome to the show. Oh, uh, thank you. Thank you very much for taking my call. I have a question regarding a rose bush. It's uh, an older rose bush. It grows to at least four feet high. It flowered into November, hmm. and I wrapped some black fabric uh, landscaping stuff around it in the winter, and I wondered, did I kill it? Uh, why? What does it look like now? Dead. Oh, well, it's ha- always been vigorous. Wow. So why did you wrap it in the fall? Because I usually put burlap on it, uh-huh. and this past fall I had uh, landscaping material, so I put that on it. And that would be the stuff that's kind of like J-cloth or, or more plastic? The no, no. It's black um, fabric. Okay. Um, all right. So what I would do, I never wrap roses. And because you can do more damage wrapping plants than not. Because in the wrapping, if you wrap too tight, you end up um, having big impact on air circulation around the plant. When we have very okay. cold weather, the cold weather can get trapped inside that wrapped plant. Then the sun comes up and, um, it, you know, it does, you don't get the proper air circulation. So the temperature differential becomes quite extreme between the inside and the outside of the wrapped plant. Burlap is the certainly the wrapping material of choice if you are going to wrap. What I would do in your case, is you've had this rose bush for a number of years, it sounds like, and it's always been very vigorous, like you said. I would just cut it right back. Um, it, the root may still be alive. Typically, we always do radical cutting on our roses in the spring anyway, so don't hesitate to cut down. You know, if it's normally four feet tall, cut it right down to a foot tall right now and, um, and see what happens. You could try some fertilizer. It could just be also delayed dormancy, so it's alive, but it's just not popped anything yet. And pruning will certainly wake it up if it's just asleep. Okay, thank you. Okay. If it doesn't survive, what type of a rose bush grows tall like that? Oh, there's a number of them. They're, they're typically called shrub roses. And so okay. when you go looking for a, to replace this rose, you're looking for a shrub rose, and there's... There's many um, older varieties, Rosa rugosa and Rosa rubrifolia and all kinds of them, Hansa roses, that are old favorites and very hardy. But then there's also some very new roses that are bred in Canada, the newest ones being the, the what's called the Canadian Artist Series. So some of them are absolutely gorgeous. Um, we all know the Explorer series, but now there's the Artist series as well. So th- there's one out there called Emily Carr, for example, uh, Felix Leclerc. They're beautiful, lovely, you know, three feet by three foot, um, hardy, disease-free, uh, pest- pest-free kind of uh, varieties that are very much selected for their vigor and their ability to withstand stressful Canadian weather. Okay, well, thank you very much. I appreciate my you taking my call. Oh, thanks Thank for you. calling. 
Welcome back. Be a stranger. That's right. The door's always open And the coffee's always on. You know, last (laughs) week, as we were waving bye-bye and we just ran out of time, Marie from Orchard Park, New York, was hanging on the line, and we just didn't have time. But thank goodness she called back today and is on the line with us right now. Uh, Marie, how are things in Orchard Park? Uh, just as cloudy as with yours, and okay. looking forward to the garden. <laughs> right. However, last week we talked about tulips, and the lady wanted to know what to do with the foliage. Right. Uh, over the years, I've learned through the nursery to fold the foliage in half and rubber band it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that way, when it's all when it's all folded, and they still have tulips coming up due to the cool weather, mm-hmm. uh, you find spaces where you can put your annuals or your perennials. Yes, and it just makes the garden always look beautiful. Oh, yeah, it's a good tip. It's not a highly recommended practice, though, because when you do that folding and elasticing of the leaves, you are limiting the surface area for photosynthesis to take place, thus limiting the bulb's ability to fatten up for next year. But I totally hear you because I've done that many times with my daffodils where you take all those leaves and you tie them in a knot and that just tidies them up. And now you've got room to get your annuals in and that sort of thing. So, yes, it's a a very, um, you know, practical thing to do. But it's from a plant's perspective, they don't really like it. (laughs) I don't tie them in a knot. I just fold them over and put a rubber band around it. That's all I do. Yeah. All right. And then the, the other tip I have is you may laugh at this. Um, for years, every time I had tulips, um, by the time I got home from work in the morning, I would know that they would bloom, bloom the next morning or mm-hmm. open up. Mm-hmm. They were all gone uniformly, so I knew the deer were around. Mm-hmm. Oh, the deer. So yeah. finally, um, my son-in-law laughed at me, and I said, no, what I started using was a dryer sheet, uh-huh. and just before they open up, I just gently massage the, t- the top of the tulip. Oh, really? Of and put that tulip, smell and there. put the, the, oh, the dryer sheet, sheet in between the leaves. Oh. Um, and I have tulips again. Lots huh. and lots of tulips. They didn't like that and, smell. How about and, that? And my son-in-law laughed, and, <laughs> but he started putting it around all his bushes except one because he has multiple deer in his yard. Yeah. And none of the deer touched any of those bushes except the one that he didn't do, and that bush was disseminated. That's <laughs> great. Hey, great tip. That's good. <laughs> That's the only thing I, I have. But thank you so much for a wonderful show. Thank, thank you so you much for much, your Marie. call and your yeah. tips. No, yeah. that's fine. And, you know, those dryer sheets, the bounce sheets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, think of it. You, you glance outside and you see your neighbor out there massaging the tulips <laughs> with, a, with a dryer sheet. He's going, whoa, what? what's and going no. on there? Yeah. But, uh, but it, that's, they're kind of magical. There's such a strong fragrance that obviously the deer don't like them. But they even work with uh, mosquitoes. So oh. I know people that, you know, yeah. that have a lovely cocktail party or a luncheon outside during mosquito season. And they'll tie these little bounce sheets on on the backs of all the chairs and and do these kind of little, making it look quite pretty, but at the same time it putting works. it out there as yeah. for its strong Can't aroma. Stand mosquitoes. mosquitoes don't, oh. yeah, and, and Shirley's place, it's probably oh, yeah. got lots and lots of mosquitoes. Get yourself a box of ounce right. next time you go up there. Now, we are sneaking up on another break. We have a little bit of time left, so maybe this would be a good time to deal with some of the emails that you received. That are piling up. Yeah, so you go ahead and I'll give the uh, the email address after you address some of the uh, questions fired at you. Right, so sorry, I, some of these have piled up, literally. Uh, Connie sent an email saying that she wanted to move a hydrangea tree. Uh, it's about five feet tall, had been in its spot for about two years, and wondered when should she do this and how to get the new spot ready. So absolutely, if you're going to do any movement with a hydrangea tree, do it in the spring. 
you could potentially still do it now or if it's too late and it's just too much leaf or where you want to go, there's no spot, wait till next spring. But yes, always prepare the planting hole in advance so you know where the plant is going, you've dug the hole, you've got on hand good organic materials because this is important. Soil, it's all about the good soil. So well-drained, fertile soil with lots of good organic material in it, uh, but either bone meal or a transplant or fertilizer to incorporate when doing the transplanting. And remember when we do lift a plant, we try and lift the as big a root ball as we can and keep the soil around the roots. So make sure it's moist, the soil is moist, it's more likely to stick together. When you lift that root ball, you're straight over to your new planting hole, right into the hole, quick and, and simple. Okay. okay. Uh, if you would like to send a little question along to Charlie via the email, here's the address. C. Dot Dobbin, that's D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com. And we'll do our best to address your uh, questions. We will. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. The royal, the royal we. we. Yes, yes. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. That little uh, call early, call often one question per call uh, works uh, mm-hmm. because Shelly is back on the line here from St. Catharines. Hi, Shelly. Welcome again. Well, thank you. I hope you got the coffee hot. <laughs> 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 this time, Charlie, I, I talked to you a couple of weeks ago about my very old climbing rose, mm-hmm. and it had been nipped by the two frosts we had had, so I, I cut it back and did the fertilizing and everything. Mm-hmm. And now I'm starting to see just the very beginning of new buds. Good. And I'm wondering, can I use the dormant oil now? I, I didn't use it earlier, but everything that was on, on the rose bush died off with the frost. Mm-hmm. Can I use the dormant oil now, or is it too late? Is it going to be too hot? Well, are the buds actually open? Like, are they actually leaves, or are they just buds? No, they're just still buds. They're not even an eighth of an inch yet. Mm. So technically, you could use it, but double-check the temperature parameters. I have a feeling it might be too warm. Well, that's what I wanted. Yeah, because I know you use it above zero, and I think it's kind of the optimal is 5 to 15 degrees Celsius, I think. Oh, well, in that case, we're too warm. But but double check. Uh, if you've got it in your home, just read the package, because uh, I'm... Uh, that's I'm just doing that from memory, that 5 to 15 degrees. Right. Uh, and you're warmer there than we are here, and I know we're going well up into the 20s today. Well, actually, this spring, you have been warmer in Toronto than we've been here. Oh, really? Huh. We had the wind off the lake. Right. And I live close to Port Dalhousie, so we're... We get that cold wind, and it's it's not been a warm spring at all. No, true, and it hasn't been a warm spring anywhere in, in <laughs> Ontario, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. But yeah, I'll so check the package. Yeah, check the package because certainly dormant oil is very effective at um, preventing problems, yes. insects, and diseases. Yes. Okay. okay. I will check the package. Thank you. Uh, Excellent. Thank you. Uh, Hamilton comes into play here. Carol, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, you both. I hope you're doing, having a nice weekend this weekend. We yes, are already. Thank you. If the sun comes out, I hope. <laughs> yeah, Charlie, I called you a couple of weeks ago about my window boxes and the problems I was having. So I did exactly what you said. I put all new soil in. I put in some slow-release fer- uh, fertilizer. Mm-hmm. And at this time this year, I'm trying wave petunias mm-hmm. to see if they do better. 
That's great. And you've got lots of sun on those window boxes? Well, it, I get the afternoon sun, so from about 1 o'clock till it's set. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You you wait. Those wave petunias are going to be growing right down and providing a, a rug on the floor of your balcony because yeah. they now, really grow. Well, I bought uh, some fertilizer for like for uh, window boxes and for hanging baskets, mm-hmm. and it says to use it every two weeks. Now, I'm wondering with the slow-release fertilizer in there, can I still go ahead and use this? Well, did the slow-release you bought is for flowering plants, I assume. Yeah, shake and feed. Okay, and you put in the quantity that was appropriate based on the size of your container? Well, I'm not sure if I got quite enough in there or not, but I, you know... I sort of just winged it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the thing with the slow release, it, it's very sp- they, they're quite specific about how much fertilizer to use based on the size of your container. Right. So what I would do is uh, give it a little bit of patience. Wait, uh, you've just kind of put this all together in the last week or so, I'm sure. Right. So wait and see what things are looking like in around late June. Okay. You know, g- give it at least a month or so. And if you feel that the, the growth isn't, you know, sort of as fast or as... Um, immediate as you'd like it to be, then for sure mix up a watering can of the um, f- the other fertilizer you've purchased, right. the water soluble, and water the plants with that. Give that one shot. The slow release is a slow release. It will very right. slowly provide fertilizer, and you will not have any issues with over. Well, it didn't seem to help me last year. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> and well, it's all t- around moisture and temperature. So right. remember, you're going to have to check those window boxes every single day regarding yeah, well, I watering. Have one of those water Okay. I'm using to good. Them. Good. Because yeah. that's the fertilizer will not dissolve unless moisture is available. Right. right. Yeah. And I just wanted to thank Frank for playing that song for me. Oh, right. Yeah. Really uh, making memories, it, wasn't that it? Yeah. It was terrific. Thank oh, very you so good. Much. Oh, you're welcome. Indeed. Okay. Well, you both have a great weekend. Thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, do we have time? Well, we're. Uh, We've got. Yeah, yeah, Janet's there. Janet that's in Ancaster. Sure. Good morning to you. Good morning. morning. Uh, first time caller. Oh, hold on. You get some wings. There you are. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I have, my question is with regards to an orchid. Mm-hmm. It's just a, I uh, can't pronounce it, philanthropist. Yeah, phalaenopsis or moth orchid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I bought it in the fall, and it was in full bloom, and the blooms dropped off mm-hmm. around Christmas time or shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. I have new new sprout, and the uh, flowers came out to the point that they were ready to burst into bloom. Yeah, but they didn't open. Oh. and again, uh, they eventually just fell off. Now this same plant has massive new little sprouts. Mm-hmm. I've got tons of buds there, mm-hmm. ready to. Open. And you're worried that they're going to shrivel up and drop off. Yeah. Okay, so I, you know, off the top of my head, and we're right to the end of the show here. So quickly, I'll just say, I, I'm wondering if it could be something to do with temperature. Has the plant been subjected to some hot or cold drafts, which is causing the buds to not open? Or has something changed in your watering patterns? Because, of course, it's very important that we're consistent. Don't want to overwater, but don't want to underwater. Sounds to me like you're doing some very correct things when you're getting those flower stems and buds forming. Now the, the challenge is, is what's going on right at this kind of last minute. So look around and see if there's something environmental that could be causing that to happen. All right. Thanks very much, Janet. That was great. And um, 
Franklin, you got a full day ahead uh, of you. Full day, you betcha. Yeah, back Looking in in a couple hours. Yep, two o'clock, I'll be back on the air with After all sorts these of fun. Wild and crazy car guys do their car show. And, exactly. Yes, indeed. And we're off for breakfast. A gorgeous day. Exactly. All. Have a wonderful week, everybody. Yeah, have a wonderful long weekend. I'll be working. No, no weekend for me, but uh, very, very busy weekend where I am. Have a and good one. Thanks, everyone. See you all again next week. And stay tuned because the car guys are coming up. Dave's Corner Garage special guest. Darren from Salem Tire. So he'll have lots of interesting stuff for you. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.